believe the gospel is truly the greatest gift we could ever share with someone? Well, today on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast, Robert Bowen concludes his series of gospel-centered evangelism by answering that question and more. So we are we are in the fourth session. So if in case I forget, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. Um, I was talking to Brian about some kind of an evaluation thing. We really do want to have some feedback. We've been talking to some other people about maybe teaching something similar later and really, really, especially negative feedback. I don't really like positive. I love negative stuff like do this, emphasize this, you know, spend more time on this, less time on this, whatever, or, you know, just that kind of stuff would really appreciate it. So, um, and I promise you can't hurt, I guess you can't hurt my feelings, but none of y'all None of y'all can hurt my feelings, so you'd have to be a much more obnoxious northerner or something like that to maybe hurt my feelings. But, um, but just be thoughtful about that. Um, we have been talking to a few other people about maybe doing something similar. I know um, Brian is trying to figure out what you know the institute's going to be, and you know, just, um, so because you're sort of the inaugural group, it's good to get some feedback. So, um, so before we get too deep into it, um, share thoughts. Experiences, lessons learned from last week. Um, what would you say? You don't have to tell. What would you tell somebody else if they asked about it? You know, don't um, about going to the mall or whatever. What did you say about it? Somebody asked you about it, and you said it was not as difficult as we made it. Like we worked it up to be. The initial conversation starter was not difficult the five seconds walking up to the person was maybe the most mm-hmm. yeah you started talking to them they weren't just not hard. yeah it, it is uh, if it's one thing and, and it, that I can I can encourage you is is to strive to have some intentionality wherever God has called you to, to serve right to, to share whether that's you know, strangers, family, friends, whatever. But, and it's not like you have to be a full-time evangelist. That's all you ever do. And, you know, there's times when I used to just like feel really guilty because it's like, oh no, I stood at line at Six Flags and didn't talk to anybody about Jesus. And it's like that kind of stuff. So it doesn't have to always be like that, but at least be be thoughtful about it and go, how do I, how do I look at the field and see it as white unto the harvest, right? How Give me those eyes um, and then a, a willingness to be obedient however God's calling you to do it. And also just to know it's, yeah, sometimes it's bad. I mean, you might have somebody yell at you. You know, you might, you know. In, in reality, most people don't. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's good. I don't know. You got anything that you can share? Either way. I agree. It was not as intimidating as, I mean, obviously there are going to be situations that might be intimidating, but for me it was easy to walk up to two teenage boys just because... Yeah. I'm used to teenage boys. I would probably have a harder time walking up to two teenage girls. Hmm. Yeah. I figured they were judging me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like I, well, I mean, I'm not, they're a parent of teenage boys, so that yeah. makes sense. Um, they ask girls, or not that I can't talk to boys, but I feel like I would, I gravitate more towards girls. Hmm. Girls scare me. Well, there you go. So, you know, senior adults scare me a little bit, but um, but not as much as it just makes me sad. 
That's that's the real issue. It's not. In your mouth. Yeah. Well, it's just those when it's like when you think about you have this tremendous gift. I think was that Anson's. I heard too many sermons um, this week, but one of the sermons I listened to, maybe it was Anson, was just talking about having this gift all wrapped up in in a bow. Was that Anson, maybe? And you know, and yeah, oh yeah, and you hand it off to somebody, and then they just don't even open. They oh yeah, and you just throw it in the trash, and it's like, and that's sometimes the way it feels when you're like. I promise, I am. I really am only here to share the gospel with you. I'm not trying to. I don't want money. I don't. Want, I don't care. I mean, I, okay. I don't care if you go to my church. I'm not trying to pitch something. Um, you know, I just would like. I'd like to just have a spiritual conversation with you, and and especially when people shun you, and there's really no reason, right? That's the thing that always drives me crazy. And it's like, really, dude, you're just sitting there watching a YouTube video, and you really couldn't talk. You know. It, I mean, I get it if you're, you know, running out or whatever. So, um, but it happens sometimes. Um, anything else? Any other thoughts before we dive in? I feel like I've really, um, kind of over the last three weeks, you know, we've talked about, like, our view of hell and, you know, mm. this thought of, is hell really what the Bible says it is or could we miss, be misinterpreting it? Mm. And I heard someone recently, we were talking about, we we forget about God's wrath because we're so wrapped up in God's love. And God is not 50% love and 50% justice. He's 100% love and 100% justice. And so I think that we forget that he's a holy God. And I think that it's kind of made me more aware of, I think it makes me feel better about my lack of evangelism to say, you know, maybe hell isn't as awful as the Bible, what they say the Bible says about it. Maybe it's it's not as bad, and so then I won't feel bad. So I really appreciated the encouragement of evangelism and that God's wrath is real, and they are going to have to atone for their sins. And I think it's interesting, this is going to be a little bit of a bridge jump, but um, we have some friends that are missionaries in Indonesia, mm. and they—it's very common to ask someone, "How are you? How are you going to have your sins atoned? Mm. How will you atone for your sins?" Because Muslims are is a works-based faith, yeah, right. and so yeah. it's very easy for them to start up conversations that he actually, as a missionary, and you know, there are tent makers over there, but you know, how how can how how will you atone for your sins? Right. And so he is able to, then, then they reciprocate the conversation and he's able to just share the gospel, which we don't live in a culture that thinks about their sins. And so it's mm-hmm. not as easy of a jump. But anyway, I've appreciated um, not to give you positive feedback, but I've appreciated <laughs> the intentionality of thinking about evangelism um, versus a lot of times he's like, oh, I should stop and say something to that person or whatever. And we don't. Yeah, there are, and, and that's the, and, and I know that one of the biggest struggles I had was, do I teach a plan, right? Or do I teach that there are a bunch of plans and have a thought, and I know in a basics, if we want to call this, I don't know what, foundations, whatever we call it, you know, it's like, okay, do you just teach a plan, Cause, or do you just try to encourage people to seek their own, to, to be thoughtful about the way they want to do it? Like, here's a stupid example. I mean, this is one of the things, I had a buddy of mine, who said, Robert, do you have an evangelism notebook? And I said, no. And he's like, let me tell you what an evangelism notebook is. He says, I have a three-ring binder. 
every sheet of paper has one person's name on it. And he goes, people that I have a, I feel seriously called to share the gospel with, I just write their name on a piece of paper, I take some notes, and then, and then we were talking and I said, well, do you ever take like a picture of him? And I know that sounds kind of creepy, but, but this is, here's a quick story about it lady named Ellen Smith, um, who I worked with. And I, they were, I wanted, he said, here's what I want you to do. In the next two weeks, get five pieces of paper. Get five people. And with those five people, what, what that means is that you've prayed over it. You've explicitly written that you have a piece of paper. You've prayed over it. And then you've talked to them in some way. Um, and, uh, and then just sort of keep sort of a diary on the sheet of paper. And, um, and I said, well, you know, one of the other things, I'm, back this is long ago, you know, I said, maybe even getting a picture picture of them. And I know that sounds a little creepy, especially when a guy's taking a picture of a girl. You know. but, but it was just some of those kind of things. And we just set up this notebook. And, and, and one of them was this, um, I guess I'll call her a cultural Jew, right? She was Jewish, but she was Jewish by culture only. No, no real faith. She was pretty much agnostic. But, but she'd say she was Jewish because that's what her family was. Um, and I remember just asking her one time, I said, look, I said, I have always wanted to talk to you about about your faith and my faith, and let's just talk about what we believe and, you know, um, eternal life and things. And I said, but I've always got a sense that, that that's really deeply personal to you, and I don't want to violate that. So how about this? Is there anything I can pray for you about? Just anything um, about, you know, I knew her son and, and her husband and stuff like that. Um, and it, it just started that way, and, and I, I pray. I, she gave me some stuff, and I, I told her I'd pray for her. And about a month later, I was kind of low-key about it, about a month later, I just said, just letting you know, I've been praying for you. Is any updates, anything else? Um, and if you ever want to talk about, and, and she, I could sense that she was pushing back, that she was just kind of like, hey, this is work, you know, leave my personal life alone. And I remember telling her, I said, I'm sensing you don't want to talk about this. And let me tell you, I'm going to continue to pray, um, and, but I'm going to honor your request. And I'm not, I'm not going to push it. I'm here. You know me. We see each other all the time. If you ever want to talk about anything about Jesus or God, know I'm here for you. And um, and then that was it for about two years. And then she came up to me one time and she said, you know, I, I know you do all of this stuff. Why have you not talked to me? You haven't talked to me in a long time. About You haven't asked. You haven't. And I said, I, I was honoring your request. You told me you didn't want to talk about it. And it was just like, oh, no, you can always talk. And then, and then it sort of opened back up, right? And then we, we had some good conversations. Now, I'm not saying she got saved and all this kind of stuff. But, but I think but it's one of those things that, okay, a three-ring binder with a piece of paper with a name on it is not a very advanced, complicated thing, right? But it's some level of intentionality. So it's like, what is a way for things to be closer to mind? Maybe not always top of mind, but something, um, that depending on how you feel called, right? Um, if you don't feel like you're one of those people that's going to talk to strangers, that's really okay. Um, maybe it's it could be church members. I, I told you all that before. I, my my primary calling, I felt to share the gospel was actually wheat among sorry chaff among the wheat. Whatever shall we just um, tares among the wheat in the church. So because there's so many false converts that are in a church. And uh, so I, I spent an incredible amount of time sharing the gospel with people who were church members, right? Um, and uh, so it just depends on different things. And then you have some intentionality about it. So, so what I'm trying to encourage you is just to have, to be thoughtful about it, a little bit of intentionality, and then just seek where you are. Um, so that's good. Any other thoughts? Sorry, I didn't mean to.
go that long. Um, all right, let me let me give you. A, we I feel like we never do enough scripture, but um, and then I say before that, I want to give you a phrase that reminds that I use often, and people you've probably heard this phrase a lot of times. Um, have you ever heard somebody say, "Preach the gospel to yourself"? You ever heard that phrase? How would you describe what? What do you? How would you describe that? What does that mean to you to preach the gospel to yourself? If anything, say reading the reading the verse intentionally instead of just the words, and challenging yourself versus just um, okay. I don't know that there's a wrong answer, so don't. Just so you know, that's kind of where I lean towards is, is that is that remembering from what you were saved, how you were saved, and 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 having a, a a response to that beautiful gift of salvation, and and kind of letting that like marinate on you, um, because when because sometimes we we just that that's not top of mind. We just sort of take it for granted, and you know, yeah, we're you know we're frozen, chosen, all that kind of stuff, and then um, and and then. I think sometimes it's good just to remember that because then when we share it with somebody else, it's more real to us sometimes rather than just being sort of an outline or a, you know. So that's just one of those things is, I mean, I'll just tell you, and and I'm sure I've heard this song, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen times, um, whatever the name, title of the song, that's what your mercy did for me, whatever the, what's, I don't know what the name of the title. What mercy did, okay, I didn't know what the title was. Um, and I don't even remember what words it was about that song, but I lost it on Sunday. I lost it. I was like blubbering. I'm just like, I can't sing. My lip's shaking. There was some point where it was like, I, I kind of did the, <laughs> you know, because, you know, when you're like trying to not cry and you're like, you know, you do that sort of goofy thing. And of course, it when, when there was a pause and you're like, <laughs> oh, you know, and, you know, I'm being a guy and I'm trying to like not blink so that I don't have tears coming down my face. But, but that's what we should do. Right? I mean, when whatever it is that can can remind you and trigger that, right? Just just remember that. And then when you talk about to someone else, it's like, are you sure you know that the mercy of God is upon you? I know it is for me. I want to share that with you. Um, so let whatever that is, whatever can can trigger that, whether it's music or the written word or whatever right, give you such a testimony inside that you just want to tell somebody else about it. And I think, you know, um, that's another. So that's what, when I think of preach the gospel to me every day, it's that kind of thing, right? And it's not every day because we get busy and stupid and forgetful and all that stuff. But it's like, you know, remember that. Because then if you can remember you being saved, it's it also humbles you that you're not, Man, I'm, dude. Like when I talked to those teenagers, I was like, guys, I, I'm nearly positive I was worse than you. I mean, if we wanted to get into a competition about who was the bigger sinner at age 17, I think I would win, you know. Um, 
and and I think that's some of that stuff that says, yeah, God save me. Yeah. Um, so just, just thinking about those kind of things. Um, all right. We have so many things. Um, all right. I'm, yep. We got time. I'm going to, um, I'm going to read a chapter and here's what I want you to do. Just listen for things that are insights into evangelism or things that you might be able to use. And I won't even ask you any questions. So just listen to it. It's second Corinthians five. Um, and, uh, and I, I just want to, you to get into the habit of doing this, right? So of just hearing scripture and I'm not going to like exposit it, it's, you know, y'all figure it out. Um, but I think a new version is going to come up maybe. Why do I use this Bible app that I hate so much? Is it better? I just don't like, I just don't like a Bible app that the first thing it shows is not just the Bible. I'm, if I open the Bible app, it's because I want to read the Bible. I don't need a devotion. I don't need a something of the day. I don't need a, I'm like, just bring up where I was. Sorry, that's my little pet peeve. Maybe there's a Bible app that does that. Um, but I shouldn't have to click three times to actually get to scripture when I click on the whole Bible. Um, all right. So this is second Corinthians five. Um, and a bunch of this you've heard. So, um, for we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling, if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very good thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what we, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us, so that you so that you may, may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearances and not about what is in, our heart, in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their, for their sake died and was raised." From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciled. 
in, that is, in Christ God was reconciling the word to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So, just... Think about that passage, maybe tonight. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, great passage. Ambassadors, new creation, um, reconciliation. Think about those words. Um, there may be an opportunity to think about those tonight. So there you go. And I encourage you, just, when you read passages, think of it that way. Not, how can I use this to get an advantage over somebody, but how can I... That's a beautiful message. How can I share that with someone? Right? Um, okay. Um, two last things. Okay, three last things. Three last, last verses. One is a really, really random one. Um, and this is an example of, of me being somewhat random. So I'm in a different Bible study, and we're going through the book of Nehemiah. And, um, and there's this time when, um, when, when, when Nehemiah is before the king, and I think it's king, and... Um, and he has an opportunity because he's sad because the walls of Jerusalem have fallen down and, his, and his, the city that he loves is, is kind of a mess, right? And, and there's this opportunity for him to talk to the king and, and he takes that opportunity. Even though it's a very risky thing to be forlorn in front of the king and all of this stuff, but he takes the opportunity with faith, right? God gave him the opportunity and then he took it, um, in order to have a difficult conversation with even somebody in authority, right, that could cause him anger, you know, some issues, um, and some uh, repercussions kind of thing. And, and when I read that, I was like, wow, how often am I, do I not have enough faith to have the conversation that I need to have with somebody who's in authority, maybe, it doesn't just have to be that, but just thinking about those times of, am I even sensitive to, to the opportunity that God has given me in order to share, right? Um, do I even see it? How many of those just fly by because I'm either busy or whatever? And, and that was just one of those things. And it's a weird passage because it's, it's certainly not a passage on evangelism, right? And, but what I, I would, that's what I mean when I, I say I would encourage you to kind of when you're reading scripture, don't, don't apply it in a non-biblical manner, Right? But just think about how can I how can I use the verses that I have to convict me and and to to be more obedient to how He's called me, um, and then use it. And I don't mean that once again as a sales pitch. But there was somebody who was talking about this about how they uh, struggled with. Um, oh yeah, I know who it is. I will tell you. Um, they struggle with they have this relationship with somebody for a really long time, and they feel like they really need to have a spiritual conversation, but. But now they don't know how to handle it because they've been talking for so long, and now it's like, well, what do you mean? You've got this. You've got the gift of eternal life, and you never told me about that, you know. But you spent all this time talking about whatever Pinterest things or recipes or whatever, you know, whatever, right? And it, and it's like, yeah, share them. Ask for their forgiveness. Tell them that, and if if it's true. Tell them that you heard a sermon and this verse convicted you that you really, you needed to, to repent of the fact that you've been disobedient to talk to this person about the most precious gift that she could ever have. Do it in humility. Don't, that's okay. I, there aren't too many people, and I've, once again, this is not a sales pitch to try to be manipulative. If you, you're doing that to like, 
you know, to get some advantage, don't do that. If your motives are right, it's like, share that with somebody. You know what they're going to say? They're probably going to say, I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. And then you can talk, right? So it's not like, I think sometimes we overthink that sort of stuff. I mean, be honest, be vulnerable, right? Um, and um, so, I uh, yeah. chickened out and gave him a gospel track, but I told him that I was sorry that I had never, that this was really important to me and I loved him enough that I wanted to share it with him, and that I was sorry that I hadn't shared it with him before, but if you get a chance to read this. Yeah. I chickened out and gave him a gospel track and didn't want to have a conversation with him, but um, they were both very sweet as they were like, oh, you can always talk to us Mm -hmm. about... Yeah. It's... I mean, generally, it's very true. Um, there are not that many people, even as horribly lost as the world is, that will, like, kick you when you're... I mean, if you're willing to be vulnerable and sort of honest with them, I mean, they might, you know, they might poke fun at you a little bit, you know, but, um, but yeah. Um, last two, uh, um, two verses that we're going to share. Um, one of them is... Uh, and this, once again, a little bit of random, random one, but this one's the Acts 18 one. It's in your notes, but, uh, but it's, it's really the whole Priscilla and Aquila. Um, and, uh, and, and let me remember who this was. So this would have been Paul. So Paul began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Maybe, no, maybe, who was that? Was it maybe Timothy? I don't know. I should know that in, in context. Um, it might be Timothy, but um, Acts eighteen. I can look. Um, but the key thing with this one is, I just thought it was a cool passage where Priscilla and Aquila both they they took somebody aside, and they shared some things respectfully, some sort of constructive criticism, some suggestions, and they had a that to me is good gospel community, right? Um, and and I would I would ask you to try to have an environment where if. I mean, if you're if you're a lone ranger, that's cool. If you're just sharing the gospel and you're you're by yourself, but the other thing is is have some conversations with people, and and the thing, okay, the last five years or so, this has been sort of my my big thing to hammer on, is it's so crazy how much Christians will get worked up and vehement about methods, like your methods wrong, my methods right, do it this way, you did it wrong, blah 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 blah, um, and it doesn't even matter. Um, what the topic is. Evangelism is definitely one of those, right? Um, where you will definitely get people with really, really strong opinions about how to do these kind of things. Um, my thing is, I would much rather sit in Christian community and go, let me tell you some stories about things that I did that were stupid and didn't work right, things that didn't work right, things maybe I've learned, maybe not, you know, um, at least, and, and, and just throwing them all out in the middle, um, and, and just talking through them rather than it being sort of very prescriptive. Um, and because, because I really do think, um, I do believe that God is sovereign and he can use your mess ups. Um, and I think if, because the other challenge is it was sort of like, and, and y'all didn't do this. The other people who were here last week who had all of those, they, they had all these if scenarios. Well, but what if, what if, what if, and I think 
there's times when you become, you can almost make yourself mechanical because you're trying to, to analyze every possible route through this, you know, to this endpoint. And, and it's, it's, it's okay to not know all that route. Right. Um, you know, I think it's, and sometimes you mess up and, you know, I think, you know, I mean, I walked up and talked to three teenage girls and maybe, I mean, one of them didn't know English at all. Um, <laughs> but and, so it was a little bit fun. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was okay. Um, you know, and you can, the other side, I think I've said that before. I can't remember if everybody's here. Um, y'all are always here, but, um, is, is the whole concept of don't be overly critical after, after you have a conversation with somebody. Um, it's okay to look back and go, I mean, maybe I could have done that. Like there was a point when I don't know, y'all weren't there, but I was, when I was talking to the, the four the two boys and the two girls, and I really felt like, you know, of course there was the one guy who was definitely the leader of the group with his cross ne- necklace. It was right in front of me and he was definitely engaging. Um, the two girls were definitely not that interested. And then the whole converse, while I'm having this conversation, I'm like, no, should I redirect? Should I redirect? Should I, should I focus on the girls or should I not? You know, do I just let this go and hope that, that there's a little bit more conversation that goes on, which is really what I ended up doing, right? You make a call. You, you make a gut call and go, all right, I'm going to go this way and hope that God uses the conversation um, to trigger something else with those two, right? Um, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And it's like, you know, sometimes I would just get really mad and go, ah. Oh, why didn't I do that? You know, um, it's really okay, right? I mean, you know, if you preach the gospel and try to preach it rightly with the right motives, I think you're good. Um, last verse, um, Titus 3. It's a little bit of a long passage, and I put it in the notes if you still have any of those notes out there. Um, but uh, Titus 3, 3 through 8. For we ourselves were once foolish disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that these who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. So just think about some of those those words. I mean, mercy is in here a lot. Grace, heirs. We are heirs with the Father, um, you know, with the Son. You know, it's the, all of those kind of things. Um, and just when you think about preaching the gospel to yourself, it's like remembering those sort of things. Um, and, uh, and then my last advice is practice and fine-tune your craft. Find a way to do that. Um, find a way to practice. Um, talk to people about things. Have spiritual conversations. Um, find resources. There's a bunch of resources out there. I, I have to admit, I really do like Way of the Master. I like, I like generally, I, but I don't use it as a as a complete outline. Nor do they, to be honest. Like right now, I think probably on this Wednesday, what 
what Todd's going to do is, because he does a live broadcast of just walking up to having spiritual conversations. I bet this Wednesday will probably be, he'll just walk up to people and go, hey, I'm just curious. What, what's Easter to you? So nowhere near would you consider yourself to be a good person. None of that stuff. Just walking up to people and just asking. And then he'll just say, okay, thanks. Just walk away. <laughs> right? So it's not like he feels the need to always have a spiritual conversation. And I think sometimes just it's okay. You know? Um, and uh, so you don't have to argue. You don't have to debate, you know, with everybody. Um, but, uh, but it's like tonight, I mean, I might, I might think about doing that. So it is one of those things to, to think about is like, how do you, how do you start conversations? You know, especially with talking to strangers, but it's not any different, right? Your, your neighbors, right? I hate to just call people lesbians, but okay, whatever you, but those people that you talk to, it's, you could, you could do that same sort of thing. You know, Hey, did you know, you know Easter's coming up? Hey, I mean, I don't know if you're good, if, if you, I don't know, you may know if they go to a church or not, but you know, what is, what does Easter mean to you? Just curious. I mean, we have an Easter service. What does Easter mean? I mean, obviously, it's a tremendous opportunity to talk about the gospel, right, in terms of Easter. Um, you know, and, uh, and you can do it in love. So just, that's the kind of thing I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, just those, those kind of topics. Um, so, um, that's it. That's all I got. I got no other wisdom spent. Um, but uh, any last... Questions, comments before we, uh, we're going to break and we'll say a prayer. Get out of here and go to the mall. Are we gonna, we're going to go to the mall again, by the way. And at the end, <laughs> I mean, if, if it works out for y'all, um, i got to do something for you since you spent $20. Um, I was thinking we would just get like Chick-fil-A milkshakes, but I'm open to whatever, whatever works better, you know. Um, so... We could have a little bit of a celebration after we're done, but um, if that works, if if not, we'll I'll owe you. But um, and I don't really care. Do what? And you get the book. A book, and we've been taking all your tracks. Oh yeah, you can have you can have some more of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah. Any other questions, comments, thoughts? No. Um. I will say, if anybody ever wants. to... I mean, this, you know, I can't carry the whole bag everywhere I go, but um, some of the stuff that I have in here is, I don't know whether this is, some of these are like, uh, this is an Easter Bible. We've, you know, we've actually done those before. I mean, I might even carry those in and maybe give them to somebody. Um, but uh, but these are just like New Testaments um, that we've given to people. I don't know why it looks like Easter. I don't know. It doesn't really say Easter on them, but it's really small print because they're yeah. cheap. Um, but you know, that kind of thing too, I, I, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's, it's like, just pick something, you know, and do it. My, no... my other neighbor that we don't live near the, uh, oh. the two ladies anymore, okay. but, um, my other neighbor are supposed to have coffee with her last Friday. She had to change to this Friday. So still planning on having coffee with her. And... Yeah. I, one of the things, and I don't do this very well either, um, that I need to be encouraged myself to do is sometimes if, especially if you're giving a gospel tract to somebody that you know, or, and know that there are ones that are bigger than like a million dollar bill. There's not much to, on a million dollar bill. Um, but, but the, the other thing that, that if you want to step one step further in discomfort, right, it is, it's like, Hey, can we, you know, whatever, can we do, can we schedule some time like to talk? I'd really love to talk to you about what's in this next week or whatever. It depends on how things 
work out. I know I've done it, um, you know, like at soccer. There have been times when I um, I coach soccer or something, and I've given that to somebody, and I said, hey, I'd really love to talk to you after practice next Thursday or whatever. And then, uh, and for me, it's more about trying to remember because stuff just goes poof. Um, but, uh, and so, I mean, like for me, I usually have to like put it on my calendar so I don't forget because um, I'm brain dead. And um, so, but just that, you know, that kind of thing is just to a little bit of accountability. It's almost like when you give, I, you know, the CLI thing that we did during Christmas, um, it is also just a perfectly reasonable thing to give a book to somebody and say, I thought about you when I, when I got this book. You know, hopefully you read it. <laughs> um, it is another thing to do. Guys doesn't always work so well. I mean, it might work better for girls because um, guys don't read. Make it make sure it's short <laughs> if it's a guy's book. Mm-hmm. I know um, uh, the way of the master thing, I'm not a big fan of this book. It's why I don't even have I have it somewhere. I can't find it. But, um, but they came up with a gospel book that's like 35, 40 pages long, and it's called Don't Stub Your Toe, which is, it was really sort of intended to be sort of funny, and it's got cartoons in it, stuff like that. But it, you know, but there's those kind of things too that are that are intentionally written that are not deep, crazy, you know, reads that at least can get. It's a little bit. It's deeper than just a simple track that you know. Um, but it's another thing that's have that's you worth looking. A life book. I have a couple. I gave them out of AU. They're like Mm-mm. this big, mm. but they're super cute, and they have like questions from people about the Bible and God and answers, and it's like by college kids. Oh. Yeah. But it's, it's a I, book, but it's really yeah. chill and you can read it. Exactly. I, there, are, there are a lot of those kind of resources, I think. Um, I know some people that just, I mean, I knew one guy, he wrote his own. He wrote his own gospel tracks and just had them printed up. It wasn't, they looked pretty nice. Um, so, I mean, there's that opportunity as well. Um, one last thing, if the notifications will stop coming. Oh, my phone, my goodness, get away. Um, wow. Um, I'm just trying to get to an icon. Um, is uh, there's a um, what one of the things that I used to do is I have a list of icebreaker questions, um, and I'll I'll share this with you if I can figure out how to get it to you. I'll, I'll just copy and paste it or something. But this is just sort of a list of questions, and they're just kind of random. I mean, there's nothing that smart um, about them, but uh, um, it all started with like four big questions that I used to ask people. So they were just like four big questions. Um, which are a little bit dangerous just to throw out because it gets into an evolution conversation and sometimes that goes down a rabbit trail that you don't really want to go. Um, but the first four big questions that I, that I have are, um, where do we come from? Why are we here? How do we know how to live while we're here? And where are we going when we die? So those are some simple questions that you can ask. You may not want to always ask all four, but, but just, just thinking about those and then on my list, I have, how many more do I have in my icebreaker list? 75. So I have 75 questions of various things that I've asked at various times, which is really, and the whole intent is just to get a conversation going. Um, and maybe I can try, well, we'll see. This is what I mean when I say there's just multiple techniques, right? This is one, like, um, with a senior adult, one of the things you can ask a senior adult is, hey, I'm just curious, is there ever, is there anything you've gone through in your life that that you would never wish upon anyone else, but that you that you wouldn't you wouldn't have missed it for the world now, because how it has impacted you. It's an interesting question, right? Um, a lot of times, I have a good friend of mine who says he is so glad that he got colon cancer, 
He would never wish anyone else got colon cancer. I mean, obviously, right? But, but it, if you ask him that question, he will give you a five-minute testimony on how God worked through his cancer to help him grow, grow in his faith, grow in his relationship with his kids, ha- be able to have a, an opportunity, because it gave him something that allowed him to talk about Jesus to his, his work, his friends and family and coworkers and things like that. So it's just, I mean, that's one of those questions. That's a little bit of the, I mean, I'm not positive it's a great question to just ask, uh, you know, someone if you just walk up at the food court. Um, but, but in all honesty, it's, it's not horrible to try, Right. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'll try really hard to, to try to talk to some senior adult tonight because I know that I always, I struggle with them, right? Um, I kind of hide from them. But, uh, but that's one of those things. Really that's, good what? Jack's yeah. really good Is he? Adults. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm just a northerner. I might come across mm-hmm. as being kind of obnoxious. But, you know, you, I argue like you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but... But all that being said, you know, so I'll send those 75 questions, um, but there's nothing super special about them. It, it's just ways of getting a conversation started. Um, and some of them are really, really goofy. Um, but, uh, but and, and, and just know that most of those questions were written, generally, this is how I wrote those questions. Um, I'm driving from work on, to Wednesday night youth group, and I'm going, what am I going to use to ask the question of my, the teenagers? So how do I get a spiritual conversation started, right? Um, so that's, if, when you look at the questions, you may see some of that and go, yeah, that sounds like something you'd ask a youth group guy. But, um, but once again, it's just a way of starting the conversation. Okay, we're not going to talk anymore. We're going to go, um, if that's okay, we are, uh, let's go to the mall, do the same thing we did last time. And uh, let's, let's close in prayer and then we'll, we'll head over there. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for, uh, for your word. I thank you for your spirit. Um, Lord, just just fill us with your spirit and help us to just have an outpouring of love and and you in the things that we do and say and even think. Um, Just be with us as we head over to the mall. Um, Give us the the right opportunity. Give us your eyes and your ears and your your voice. And I thank you so much for this time. And uh, just uh, thank you for the willingness of those that are in here and those that couldn't make it tonight. And just, uh, just be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. 